0: <clears throat> All right. Well, welcome back to the Equipped, Bruised, Tired podcast. I'm Barry Scrochuk, and I'm here with my podcast partner, Ryan Stin. Ryan, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing? Good. Quite good. You said it's very hot there, as uh, <laughs> as denoted by the sleeveless Sunday.
1: I think uh, I probably have different um, levels of really hot. It's it's be 27 today, so.
0: I feel um... like. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: That's to me, that's hot enough, more than hot enough. I, I'm I'm like a low 20s kind of guy.
0: Mm-hmm, so,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely 27 is hot enough for me.
0: But there's like an inverse relationship, I think, between body weight and heat tolerance. Yeah, it is. It's very apparent. Uh, I've yeah. noticed this year, my summer, summer bod, um, my tolerance for the heat is, is diminished <laughs> by a great deal. So,
1: yeah, it makes sense. I hear you. You're more insulated for the winter, that's all.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Still wearing shorts when it's minus 10. Yeah. Um, so you said you moved back into the gym? Yeah, we're Getting moving. A lot of stuff going again?
1: We moved our stuff from home yesterday, and uh, we had one of our members bring their stuff back yesterday, and um, yeah, we'll do our first training session there today, so uh, interesting. It's first time in our new space, and first time training together with people in uh, four months? I don't even know feels yeah, like forever not that long probably
0: yeah so do the saskatchewan have specific um regulations for gyms and stuff like are you mandated masks or you know any of that uh, kind of stuff
1: yeah they have regulations uh masks aren't mandatory um mm-hmm. stuff like uh questionnaire uh, do you have symptoms which is, right. uh, well, at this point i think if people have symptoms and they're choosing to come to the gym a questionnaire is not going to make them turn around yeah so um and then stuff like has to be staffed to ensure social distancing. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a few little regulations, um, lots of cleaning and all that sort of stuff. Initially, they had like mandated that change rooms weren't allowed. I think that's what it was. Oh, okay, uh, you couldn't have change rooms, but they've since Just, like too uh, tight
0: to a quarters kind of thing, or
1: yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, they did they did remove that now, so mm. um, which is probably good. We have we only have one washroom in the facility, and then uh, two other small rooms that can be used for change spaces. But right. oh, there's that many people in our gym that doesn't really
0: make a big difference. So, yeah. How's uh, how's your training been these past uh, week or so?
1: Good. Yeah, I just finished the last week of this block.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, pretty happy. I hit like a really solid two ten bench last Sunday. Yeah, I saw that. And felt like I had like a lot in the tank, but. Mm-hmm decided to you know not try and max out at the end of every six week block so <laughs> every block <laughs> yeah so I'll, I, I try to be good and uh, I might chat with Michael maybe doing one more raw bench block and see if I can chase down 227.5 kilos
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think I think I can have it in me if I do another good six week block and yeah so yeah and then so I'm starting to pivot today and uh, I'll be doing my first um, bilateral,
0: yeah, I was gonna, lower was
1: body going movement today so yeah we'll see. um he has this interesting um it was in my last block for deadlifts. it's like work up to a set of five pain free mm-hmm. i'm like well that's only in hindsight sort of thing that i can do there <laughs>
0: okay okay so because your pain is like reactive it, it kind of yeah, comes on afterwards uh
1: well i mean i don't know the set's pain free until i you know i've done the set so it's hard for me to judge what right. weight i need to use right. to be pain free so uh, today, I'll probably be, like, super tentatively light and mm-hmm. um, just feeling things out, see if what both legs can do together again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing, I think, to try to work out what, like, what pain-free looks like. You almost start to develop a new scale of RPE, like, RPP reps pre-pain <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it usually just leads to, like, a fair bit of just being very conservative, I would think. Yeah,
1: and that's the same thing. Like I said, we did this for my deadlifts last block. Uh, mm-hmm. one set of five conventional pain-free and I ended up working up to like 250 on my last week nice. so I was I was happy enough with that considering I think the first week I was at like 180 ish yeah because you're just like well that was pain-free but maybe I felt something because you become, you become so hyper aware of
2: totally of that yeah. region
1: right like you're like well did I feel something I don't know yeah so no I was, yeah. I was I mean 250 is not exactly an amazing set of five but I'm not gonna complain
0: yeah
1: how about you How's your, uh, Uh, this is week three of this block? Week
0: four, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It's going pretty well. I think this is the first week where I actually felt like, you know, week one, I was just dogged from the volume. Uh, Week two, I was like, okay, I think I can probably do this. Week three was like thinking, okay, I'm doing pretty well on this volume. And now week four, I'm actually starting to feel strong on my top sets, my indicator sets. So it's been like a, a pretty linear process of of adapting to the volume, and I feel like uh, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. Pushed some decent weights. I didn't really push my deadlift this week. Um, just again with only pulling once a week, and uh, I don't know. For me, my hip pain tends to show up earlier in the session, and after I hammer, you know, eight sets of four or whatever, uh, I don't like. I, I have any, I'm in zero pain by the end of it. Right. So. Often I'll have my heavy sets and I'll be kind of tentative and moving a bit weird. And then by the end, I'm just smashing the volume and it feels fine. And there's not even a thought of it. So uh, that leads to my top sets, I think, being a little bit lower than usual. But my bench is kind of back to where it was feeling very good. Uh, And the last block hit some like 200 plus board presses and some real easy work in that like 180 to 190 range raw. And um, yeah, so it's it's going well. Um, and I think we have a couple questions if we want to dive into those yeah. Uh, you said you had an email one and I got uh, I got a DM I think here
1: okay um, I'll start with my emails uh, so the emails from Matt um, he has a few questions here so I'll kind of we'll try and rapid fire through them a little bit yep. um, so he says as a brand new equipped lifter I would love to hear your accounts of times you've gotten people into gear for the first time or the first few times did they stick with it uh, how did they change from the first time to the third, fourth, or fifth time? I don't know if you have experience with some new people in your gym kind of getting
0: into it. A fair bit, actually. Um, we're pretty lucky in that uh, there's a there's a really good community at the Strength Edge, and that's led to people seeing equipped lifting and then wanting to do it. Um, and I'd say most of the experiences, other than maybe one, have been all very positive. Um, people come in and try, like Jason Dick, you know, Jason yep. from uh, – Somewhere out in in uh, northern Alberta, like he's kind of out of the way a little bit. Yeah, but uh, he came down because I was, I was coaching him at the time and he he just was traveling through and tried my squat suit. And then in 2019, I competed with him at Worlds. Uh, so he obviously got hooked on it. There's another couple guys from our gym that uh, are are starting to get better and better and more into it. Um, and I had one guy who tried a bench shirt, got really mad that it wasn't more like a slingshot and nice. said he'd never do it again. but that was probably the only negative experience for the most part. People seem to be pretty stoked on it. Um, and in terms of how they change, it's, it's not really like a session to session thing. It's more like a year to year thing. Uh, I think as with anything, it takes a while to actually see that progress, but, uh, yeah, I'd say for the most part it's been positive experiences and it does take a while to get past some of those initial habits, sort of understand, maybe how you prefer the gear to fit, um, or how you need to change or, you know, force your movements to even be the same while the gear tries to push you out of your groove, uh, and things like that. But that all kind of takes time. What about you?
1: Um, yeah, like I would say of the people that train with us currently and even in the past, most people have tried at least some gear on, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone, everyone's probably tried to bench it on at least. Um, Get it's a gateway tough. drug yeah exactly it's tough though because you have to it's kind of reliant upon having someone who's also mm-hmm. near your size right right we have quite a bit of old gear kicking around so it it helps to have a few things around um but yeah lots of uh lots of the people that come with us they either we i don't want to say i put i don't I, I don't ever really push people into gear um because mm. i i find like it's better for them to decide to try it um i might encourage it but uh, i I certainly don't try to force it on anyone um but generally we have a couple of young lifters with us right now um kaylee um who started lifting with us a couple years ago and i basically said like hey we're hosting junior equipped worlds you know why don't you you know if you want you have a chance to lift at worlds in regina so um try it out and she jumped right on it and has been kind of hooked on it since um and then noah who started training with us maybe a year ago mm-hmm. and i can't remember how he got into gear initially he was just a raw lifter um as most people start mm-hmm. and uh yeah he just one day i think he said something or we said something and he was like yep i want to do that and like it was like he didn't want to like ask about it i don't know it was, it was funny he was like Full-blown, right into it, right away. Yeah. And luckily, Steve Price had some old gear around that fit him sort of well. Okay. So, um, I can definitely say, like, the change, like, yeah, it's the first time. It's a lot of getting over. Holy crap, this feels so funny. And
2: um, weird, and yeah,
1: yeah. Usually by the second or third, fourth session, they're starting to find their equipped legs and kind of understanding mm-hmm. how the stuff works. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they won't have bad sessions or whatever but they're starting yeah. to kind of get comfortable in it um so yeah i think uh most people i want to say most people have tried it have stuck with it but you know 50 50 lots of people just they just want to try a shirt because oh i can slingshot bench a lot so let's see what a venture i can do like way more in a venture right so yeah. that's some people are like that but most people that are really intrigued in it like they're they go right for it right uh his second question is What's the most piece of equipment can be taken in? Uh, let's say hypothetically someone had a Titan Centurion. That was a 44. And they cut down to a place they should be at a 40. Would that be within the realm of
0: alterations?
1: Or would a new suit be needed?
0: I have very little experience with that. Maybe you can speak to that a little better. Um,
1: I would say uh, definitely taking it in one size shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is, That 44, once you stretch it out a bit, is really like a 46, a new 46. So um, it depends where you need to take it in uh, and how tight the initial 44 was. Mm. Um, If at your current weight, that 44 is snug, um, and maybe like it's snug after it's stretched out a little bit, um, you should be fine. If you want to take the hips in, like I have, I would say, a good inch, inch and a half taken in on my hips of my squat suit. Yeah. Um, straps are obviously no problem. They can be taken as much as you want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if you start finding like the body is loose, like you can take that, instead of just taking hips in, you can go all the way up the side to take right. it in. Right. Uh, the one thing we found is that taking in the cuff of the leg mm-hmm. is pretty hit and miss. It's right. thick material to get through and it takes a lot of pressure. So yeah. it has a, a pretty common occurrence of snapping open. Okay. Um, so if you have taken the leg cuff, you might be in trouble. Because right. it's just you have to really, really go over it, um, and probably you need to go to something like uh, a higher tensile strength thread that that some people use to try and hold that that leg cuff together. Right. So, but otherwise, like if, if everything else is fitting good, um, and I don't even find like my my leg cuffs are not tight in my suit anyway. Mm-hmm. I can basically put my whole hand up my leg. Um, oh. Wow. I, I often will actually pull the leg of the suit up. Chalk my quad and then pull the leg back down on top of it so that it it stays in place.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my legs aren't tight at all. Uh, I like a really (laughs) tight body, like like torso area. Yeah. But yeah, the legs aren't too tight. So I think you'd probably be fine taking it in, uh, assuming the 44 is not already loose on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think the other thing to take into consideration is just how much extra fabric is going to be in there with you. Once you've taken it in that far, right, it's probably going to be a little bit more uncomfortable. It's going to be a little bit more sharp in terms of how it digs in. Um, So I mean, that's that's something to to consider. Um, And generally speaking, when I've done modifications on the squat suit, I use kind of like a crescent shape from the armpit to the leg where the sort of deepest part of the crescent is on the hips. So it kind of still follows that same taper and can be tightest at the hips. Um, I I guess just for me, I have really big quads, but that's kind of been something that I've, uh, kind of taken it in. And I wonder at what point you're going to get some like weird folding if you take in that big of a, of a crescent, if you're going to do it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's going to be extra material in there. Um, you could always cut it off, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: yeah, pretty confident that, uh, seams are going (laughs) to (laughs) hold.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean. Obviously, uh, I think you'd probably be fine taking it in. But again, um, as a new lifter, you're probably not looking for the tightest gear in the world, so you'd probably be okay.
0: And unless um, you cut that stuff off, like worst thing that happens is you're like, mm, this isn't gonna work, and you take the seams out, and then you have a 44 again, and you yeah, can. they sell it, sell it, trade it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: last question, uh, and this, I, I don't know if, how much I'll say on this, but. Uh, finally, I'd love to hear your opinions on the new unlimited multiply bench shirts, like the one that was used to set the all time world record bench at 1105 pounds. Do you think equipment no longer needing to be bruising or tiring crosses the line in the sport? Do you think comfortable equipment is the way to bring the sport back to the masses?
0: Huh? I, uh, I actually put a fair bit of thought, uh, into this and had a, a bit of a discussion with Natalie about it. Um, and I think my initial reaction was like, oh, hell no, like that isn't power lifting, you know, <laughs> which is just all that same crap and guff that we get from the raw crowd a lot of the time. So I kind of checked myself a little bit and um, I mean, honestly, as long as people kind of understand that that's not the same as single ply lifting, that, that's fine. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe finding a way to have equipment be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, is a way of of making it more appealing to people um but i don't know i i really don't know i mean we'll have to see where it goes and how it evolves because you know right now it's also part of the as far as i know anyways i'm going to guess untested um like multi multi multiply uh just like forklift mode kind of stuff uh which again i mean it's not for me so uh, like if that if that's your thing um, have at her but uh, i don't know if you'll find me in one of those uh or maybe you will just because it's comfy and it might be easy to try right i don't know again i'm back and forth a lot on it i don't know if i have super uh like divisive or like uh one side of the argument opinions at this point right what do you think ryan um give us the tea
1: so i just I, i saw the bench
0: uh, I haven't seen the bench as well. That's um, worth. No, I,
1: I have seen it. So I uh, have, and it was yeah. easy peasy. Um, I don't know anything about the shirt though, so I'll say that. Um, I, I kind of understand the point of the shirt and how it's how it's different. Um, mm. I think uh, what I will say is the gear that we wear now, as uncomfortable as it might be, is nowhere near as uncomfortable as gear was 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. Like the the hardback shirts that took oh, yeah. like three people to put you in that just like compressed every part of you to try and uh, do something and then didn't really do a whole lot in the end Maybe anyway.
2: Five pounds. Yeah.
1: Or like squeezing into, um, even back when I started that, like the Inzer hardcore or Inzer max DL, which is like a f- sort of modern suit, but like in a stretchier material, like a similar cut to modern suit, but um because the material is so much stretchier, you had to wear it so much tighter to get any kind of cover carryover. So people literally like peeled these things on. And and I know like people wear their current gear tight, but I don't think anywhere near as tight as that old stuff because of how stretchy the stuff was. So I would say like in time, gear has gotten more comfortable anyway. Um is this the next generation, next progression? Um maybe I uh, I mean, at this point in my lifting career, I don't necessarily find equipment that uncomfortable anyway. Yeah. Um, I would, I would question if it's uh, non bruising anyway uh, or tiring. You're benching eleven 1, hundred pounds. I don't think there's any way you're walking away from that without yeah, some sort of no bruising way. or tiring.
0: The no way you're like not going home right to bed and yeah, sleeping exactly. for forty eight hours, kind of thing, you know.
1: So, yeah, I think um, I don't know. I think things will be learned from that equipment yeah, and possibly it'll trickle down into single play. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I mean more comfortable. Great. I guess. Uh, I mean, I won't say no, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do, like, I think that kind of shirt wouldn't necessarily need to be open backed, which would automatically make it unavailable to single play. Um, But
0: I also think for a lot of the crowd that's doing equipped lifting right now, like it being uncomfortable, isn't really a complaint Uh, for most, like you kind of get used to it. It's not like we still, you know, every day, every meet, whatever, are like, Oh God, this is so terrible. Uh," You know, like it, it sucks for the first, like couple sessions back and then you develop a little bit of a callus around your leg or your knee or whatever. And, um, you just kind of get used to it and get back into it. And it feels like it feels. Yeah. I, I
1: I just, uh, I'm more surprised half time when I actually have marks from the suits.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
1: Like I, I, on the legs, I'll get them from the squat suit and whatever. But Mm -hmm. on my arms, I almost never get shirt marks anymore.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So
1: they're kind of basically like they're callous at this point. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I still have my suit marks on my legs, though. Like, they're still I still have discoloration where the suit, like leg cuff goes. Just like permanent ring around yeah. your leg? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. When that fades away, then it's definitely time to get back in the suit.
0: Yeah, that's, I'm starting to feel that way right now, actually. <laughs> um, okay, so we have another question uh, from Billy. And he said, What, in your opinion, is the best approach for a young equipped lifter in terms of longevity in gear? Do you think that taking a time sorry, taking time off once in a while would be beneficial for a lifter's body even if he isn't necessarily injured or do you think it's the best time to stay in gear for long periods of time?
1: Um, I think, I personally think that equipment has allowed me to lift as long as I've lifted. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't think necessarily you need to get out of the gear just to get out of the gear. I think getting out of the gear sometimes to bring up raw strength is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But... um, I don't necessarily think it's a requirement for longevity. Um, right. I would almost say, I would almost say that without fail, I've hurt myself raw before I hurt myself equipped. Mm-hmm. So um, theoretically, the time you're working in raw mode, raw strength, you're probably exposing yourself a little more. Now that's probably because you're doing. of your work raw anyway, so the odds of it happening then is just more likely, but um, you know, the gear really was initially made to protect you, so in some ways it still does that, right? It takes a lot Mm -hmm. of that loading off the shoulders um, for the bench and the hips and stuff, so Um, yeah, I I don't think you necessarily have to get out of the gear to stay healthy, Mm -hmm. but it's not a bad thing to get out of the gear now and then to work on raw strength and maybe work on someone's weaknesses that, that could potentially lead to injuries.
0: Sure. Um, so I think my take on that is more that you should get out of gear when you feel like you want to get out of gear for a bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I think for me, it's, it's a bit refreshing right now being back into some raw training Um, I don't see any scenario in which developing my raw strength further is going to hinder me in my equipment. Um, and for me, the mental break of just being able to, this might sound bad, but like kind of autopilot my training a little bit instead of having to go in and having to be on because, you know, I got 800 plus pounds on my back and it's a, it's a different kind of, um, like mental toll that it takes. Uh, where I think raw training can be a bit relaxing uh, and a bit you know, less stressful and a bit less high pressure and um, less ammonia. And I, like, I can listen to podcasts while I train right now, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm not trying to slight raw lifting because obviously if I was training for a meet or last block where it was very intense raw work, it's, it's still very uh, demanding. Um, I, I do find that raw is inherently a little bit less mentally demanding for me. So, uh, I think for people who end up in that kind of situation where they're feeling maybe a little bit burnt out, um, then just do some raw work for a while. So uh, I think that that ability to flip back and forth and actually we talked about that with, uh, with Corolla today. Um, and, and she mentioned and, and, uh, kind of pointed towards her, uh, being able to focus on both as a reason for her drastic success in a short period of time. But, um, yeah, yeah, that would kind of be my take on things.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, It's definitely more mentally taxing. And eventually at some point you're just like, oh man, I just don't, I don't have the, I don't have an in me right now to be doing this again. So yeah, um, I do remember after Worlds in um, Dubai coming back home and like immediately my my first block of of stuff with Mike was back in the gear. I'm like, oh man, I'm just not really ready for that. Yeah. That's what's in the program. So here we go again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it did. I, White snake I will started say, playing. I will say that it probably led to one of the most draining, one of the most uh, tough training cycles I had. Just right. it was just. I think it started mentally tired and just kept that going all the way through. Not that it wasn't good and I didn't. I had great success on it, but it just uh, you didn't. I didn't get that kind of mental break time.
0: Right. Right and that would have been from from worlds internationals hey you just kind of stayed in the equipment
1: yeah yeah i think it was i did like the usual pivot and then right back into the right back into the gear
0: yeah hey cool well um is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we toss this over to the episode no i think that's good i should head her into the to the interview um, so today our guest was uh, was Carol Lagara or will be Carol Lagara it's it's there's a temporal uh, <laughs> shift issue here yeah <laughs> anyways um, so Carol has been competing since 2015 and uh, she's a pretty young lifter she hasn't been in the sport for a long time Um, but she's had multiple podium finishes equipped, uh, as well as at least one classic world championship, a number of wins, um, from different European championships as a junior. She currently holds the junior world record total, uh, competes in the 63 kilo class, uh, as well as recently breaking the, uh, a longstanding, um, open classic total record in the 63. She took Jen Thompson's record for a little bit there. Um, She was slated to compete at Sheffield. Um, Obviously, that's not going to happen. But uh, instead, she put up just a gargantuan training total um, that would have been a good bit above the current world record once more. So, uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation. Um, anybody out there who speaks Italian is probably going to glean a little bit more from this interview because Carol responded in Italian, uh, and had her partner translate for us. So there may have been a little bit lost in translation, but we were really happy to be able to have, um, spoken with her and, and, uh, asked her a bunch of questions about her experiences. So, um, we had a lot of fun with the episode and we hope everybody out there, um, take something away learn something and again if you have any questions go ahead and hit us up at equipped tired at gmail.com or you can um you know, send one of us a dm or or whatever and um, you can go ahead and do that five star rating thing leave reviews all that good stuff and i'm gonna stop talking we'll toss over the episode so we hope you enjoy
1: just one second before we jump to the episode we should talk about uh future plans yeah. um we are going to Uh, jump from a weekly schedule to a bi-weekly schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, Life is just kind of picking back up and getting a little more busy. And we don't want to feel like we're um, half-assed in these episodes. And uh, so for that, we're going to go to an every other Monday sort of schedule. Um, Just trying to keep putting out quality content instead of quantity content, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So with that said, over to the interview and uh, hope you guys all enjoy. All right.
0: All right. Well, uh, first off, thank you, uh, Carola. And what? Sorry. What? What was your name? Francesco. Francesco. Thank you, Carola, and Frances- Francesco you. <laughs> for Francesco, uh, for coming on and chatting with us today. Welcome to our uh, welcome to our little podcast.
1: Thank you for thank inviting.
0: You. For sure. Um, so, Carola, we uh, we we did a little bit of research, and we found out you've been powerlifting since about 2015. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you've had a lot of success and, and I mean, that's, that's probably, that's still three years after I started powerlifting. I consider myself pretty young in the sport. Um, I imagine that you have a, an athletic background of some kind. Have you played sports most of your life or did you just kind of wander into powerlifting?
2: Mi se ti chiesto sport... se hai sì,
0: un background atletico, qualche sport hai fatto.
3: Eh, sì, allora io a, a sei anni ho iniziato a, a fare sport e ho praticato per dieci anni ginnastica artistica e poi nel 2010 ho smesso e ho iniziato a fare esclusivamente panca per cinque anni finché poi nel 2015 ho iniziato il powerlifting completo.
4: She started at six years old with gymnastics. Okay. And did it for 10 years, then stopped and started with bench press only. Okay. Which she did for uh, quite 5 10, years, f- 5 years and then powerlifting. So,
2: Crazy.
0: Yeah, okay. And c- can you tell us a little bit about how you went from gymnastics to powerlifting? Like h- how did that transition happen?
3: In pratica quando ho smesso ginnastica non sapevo bene cosa fare, volevo iniziare un altro sport eh, a livello agonistico in quanto l'avevo praticata a livello agonistico quindi ero abituata a quel tipo di, di allenamento lì e non sapendo cosa fare ho deciso di andare, di cominciare ad andare in palestra così normalmente con mio fratello e ho cominciato a fare panca diciamo così tanto per riempire un po' il tempo. E invece poi mh, ho avuto subito una grande passione e quindi ho continuato.
4: She wanted to compete because she was uh, you know used to with gymnastics and started going to the gym with her brother, uh, who is actually going to the gym and benching. She is okay. also really good in bench okay. and she liked it and
2: now <laughs> it awesome. is what it is <laughs> awesome.
1: was there uh, was there something that ended your, your gymnastics career or was it just you just stopped was there an injury or anything like that okay. Come to say...
3: eh, no non c'è stato non c'è stato un infortunio ma semplicemente ginnastica è uno sport che diciamo mh, arrivi al culmine della carriera abbastanza presto, quindi diciamo a 16 anni grosso modo hai già un po' le idee chiare di dove puoi arrivare, di eh, in quale, diciamo, in, a quale livello puoi competere e poi c'erano stati dei cambiamenti all'interno della mia società, se n'era andato il mio allenatore storico, diciamo, e avevo perso un po' la passione semplicemente per questo sport qua.
4: She was already, let's say, old for gymnastics as you may imagine as at 16 you mm-hmm. usually know where you gotta go in the future right and she also had something something strange something change it with her coach coach change it yeah. and she was not you know uh, comfortable she was not comfortable
2: mm-hmm. right,
4: with that so okay. stop with gymnastics
2: yeah.
1: Um, so moving when you moved into uh, powerlifting, um, as a fairly new powerlifter, you don't see a lot of people who go into equipped. Mostly in North America, people who are just starting in lifting are doing classic more. Um, but you've obviously done both very successfully. Uh, what initially made you want to go equipped um, or maybe vice versa? What made you want to go both equipped and classic, I guess?
4: Eh, ti ha chiesto, facendo il paragone con il Nord America, mm-hmm. cioè di, di da loro comunque cioè, quasi, solo quasi tutti f- cominciano col classic e ti ha chiesto perché eh, hai cominciato dall'attrezzato e perché poi insomma...
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Allora io in realtà ho cominciato con il classic in quanto ehm, anche qui in Italia comunque è, è più diffuso soprattutto ora, cinque anni fa diciamo si stava cominciando a diffondere ma c'era anche molto il powerlifting attrezzato però il mio allenatore e la mia squadra sono praticamente la la squadra se vogliamo più titolata nel powerlifting attrezzato d'Italia quindi hanno una grande cultura in realtà del powerlifting attrezzato e all'epoca meno di quello classic e quindi facendo parte di una squadra attrezzata semplicemente ho detto non mi sembra giusto precludermi di fare, entr- di fare entrambi.
4: She started with classic powerlifting and then started uh, with equip because of you know our coach and me all our uh, team uh, we're all doing equip powerlifting.
2: Okay.
4: You know we started with equip powerlifting and we continued with equip. So she she has always uh, looked at, equipped, and decided to, to, to try it.
1: Um, so, guess, um, what's the general landscape of powerlifting in Italy? Uh, is there is classic and equipped fairly similar for popularity, or would one be more popular than the other?
3: attualmente è molto più diffuso il powerlifting classic. <laughs> di gran lunga e nel 2015 quando è iniziato in realtà forse era più il contrario se vogliamo era ancora più diffuso quello, quello attrezzato ma comunque i c- numeri erano molto piccoli e negli ultimi 5 anni c'è stato proprio la, l'esplosione del, del powerlifting classic
4: quando si iniziò in 2015 e us say until 2015 era quasi solo in, in Italy here
2: mm-hmm. and
4: then everything started going down and a lot of people started uh, have started powerlifting with classic and is it, it is actually incredibly big in in our country which is
2: mm-hmm. small you know
4: right uh, but we have almost 2,000 uh, people at row nationals so Wow, A lot of people, a lot of yeah. people, and
2: mm.
4: 100 in, in equip, maybe less.
0: Okay, so <laughs> that's kind of similar to North America, I feel
3: like, in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> She's probably
4: one of the, you know, last people starting equip.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, hopefully, there's more. <laughs> Um, so with like you you sort of split your time between classic and equipped Um, do you enjoy both of them or are you drawn to both of them equally or is there one that you kind of like more or are they maybe just kind of different
3: E mi, piacciono, mi piacciono tantissimo entrambi e in realtà vado a periodi, cioè quando devo preparare una gara attrezzata eh, vado, vado super, sono super entusiasmata, quando devo appunto fare allenamenti attrezzati e, diciamo quasi mi dimentico del, del, della preparazione RAW, delle future preparazioni RAW, e mentre quando devo preparare gare RAW succede il contrario. E... Non lo so, se vogliamo fare una questione di, di cuore proprio probabilmente più nel classic perché ho cominciato da quello e quindi ho sempre visto il mio futuro se vogliamo fin da quando ho iniziato in quello, però poi quando ho iniziato anche quello mh, attrezzato mh, mi sono quasi innamorata allo stesso modo.
4: So it's not easy to, to say which one she loves both, sometimes she loves uh, the equip more, sometimes classic more when she has to prepare classic, she loves classic. And then when she starts wearing shirts and suits, she starts again loving (laughs) probably classic a little bit more because is what she started with.
0: Right. That's
1: awesome. Um, So you compete in the 63 kilo weight class against uh probably one of the greatest at least greatest female lifters of all time uh Larissa uh um and then on the raw side uh you broke Jen Thompson's world record total after she's the only person that's ever held that total world record um does chasing down like these titans of the sport really motivate you to work harder
4: Il primo pezzo mi ha capito tutto eh, dice se questi obiettivi, diciamo queste cose che riesci, sei riuscito a fare uh-huh. in termini di lui dice: C'hai la solo viola, uh-huh. l'attrezzato. Sei riuscito a prendere il record uh-huh. del Thompson. della Thompson? E ti chiede se questi grandi nemici uh-huh. avversari più che nemici ti, ti motivano. Sì.
3: sì, tantissimo, tantissimo. E eh, credo che molto probabilmente se non avessi avuto quei riferimenti lì probabilmente avrei fatto meno chili Eh, quando ho cominciato il powerlifting attrezzato ho da subito fatto bei numeri però chiaramente eh, sapendo che i record erano quelli che c'era il mostro sacro della meno 63 da da battere è è tantissimo stimolante adesso sono sono super stimolata per prendere il record di panca della Thompson uh, quindi sì tantissimo mi danno comunque dei riferimenti di, di numeri da raggiungere
4: so she is absolutely motivated by her you know Jen and Larissa so uh, probably she said probably something would have gone differently if Jen or Larissa wouldn't have been there where they are mm-hmm. motivating her
1: Um, so there's rumors that uh, the weight classes for women are going to change and that 72 kilos is no longer going to be a class there's going to be a 69 kilo class and a 76 kilo class um, I don't know like, do you cut for the 63 kilos? will that change your your plans? would you look at 69? or is 63 a very comfortable class for you?
2: Eh,
3: no, eh, continuerò nella, nella 63 sicuramente perché comunque diciamo con non, non sto mai troppo più alta di peso corporeo, comunque mi sforzo di stare sopra se vogliamo, al massimo arrivo a 65 kg, in 69 non mi ci vedo. È per me un peso troppo alto e probabilmente anche inutile. No, non ho una struttura fisica da 69 kg.
4: 63. Should continue in 63. Uh, she usually cuts about 1 kg. Or maybe something more. Um, probably sixty nine is too much for her. She should be uh, a little bit bigger.
3: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very, she, she's short.
2: Uh, yeah, i very short. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Um, so recently in uh, in Dubai. At uh, the world championship, um, you were you were really really close on both the squat and bench uh, world records, and failed on on small sort of technical things. Um, you know, like having made those obviously would have pushed Larissa a lot more. Do those kinds of little misses? Do you find those are are really motivating for you? Do they drive you further, um, or do you kind of get you know disappointed and beat up? Or how do you how do you deal with those? Um, shortcomings in a competition like that.
4: Come l'ho presa. Do you mean uh, during the competition?
0: Uh, maybe during and, and after, yeah.
4: Dice come l'ho presa... Come, sì, come, come te la gestisci con quei, nello specifico con quei due errori che t'hanno mm-hmm. un po' fregato Scott e De Panca, sia durante che dopo la gara. Mm-hmm.
3: Allora, cioè, sì, che... sì, sì, ho capito. E durante la gara lo squat è stato un po' duro. È stato un po duro. Io poi eh, nelle gare attrezzate sono molto in ansia, le, le vivo con, con molta più ansia rispetto alle gare ero. E Comunque, la gestione delle gare attrezzate è più difficile, ci sono molti più imprevisti. E avendo io fatto se vogliamo poche gare, probabilmente devo ancora trovare il mio il mio mindset diciamo che mi fa essere adeguatamente pronta e durante la gara quindi mi ha buttato un po' giù, poi in realtà quando ho cominciato la banca sono riuscita a ritirarmi su e una volta arrivato lo stacco avevo chiaramente perso la motivazione nel senso che comunque ormai era praticamente impossibile vincere per quanto riguarda il dopo ho avuto una grandissima carica Cioè ho detto ok, adesso il primo mondiale ci sta che è andato un po' così e così, il secondo però dovevo tirare fuori di più e adesso cioè, basta, adesso è ora, di, è ora di fare bene.
2: She's
4: actually anxious about the mm, equipped competitions.
2: Mm.
4: Uh, maybe because of, you know, she's not so experienced, There's not so much time in equipped lifting. And um, after squat and bench uh, at Worlds, it was a little bit tough to stay motivated and Mm -hmm. focused. And it happened, it also happened the the year before in uh, in Sweden. Okay. Almost the same thing. And, you know, I, I have to say it was really worst that here so she started living it better and uh, driving the situation and finding the way to go she is actually she was she was motivated for uh, for worlds in, in dubai but mm-hmm. you know that is uh it's absolutely incredible yeah she's always doing the right
2: thing
1: at the right time. So yeah. it's not easy. We will try. <laughs> I mean, I g- like, I g- <laughs> the, the squat was like a rocket. It was so easy that third attempt. It was just, you know, borderline on depth. So clearly the strength is definitely there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, is it, is it nerves for the equipped competition that is just not feeling the experience?
4: Lui dice, sei nervosa, senti di non avere l'esperienza, qual è il problema?
3: E diciamo che non sono mai troppo tranquilla alle gare, neanche quelle robe, però all'attrezzato attrezzato con tutti, tutti gli imprevisti del caso che no, ci sono… Aspetta. Nel, anche prendere la valida nel il corpetto che magari quel giorno lo senti più largo eh, il bilanciere che ti scivola insomma è, ci sono mille, mille variabili rispetto al ro quindi sicuramente conta sia l'esperienza e sia il fatto che è proprio più difficile
4: il fatto è che l'equip lifting è così impredicabile so quindi so non sai se ti metti death o se mm-hmm. touch or o you know. So many things to to think about to to keep under control, and that actually causes anxiety. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds very accurate. Um, have you found any ways to like for yourself, even just in training and stuff like that, to deal with that anxiety? Is there anything that uh, that you found that helps work uh, in terms of of Managing that in your training?
4: Okay. Ti chiede del rapporto con l'ansia in allenamento. Come la gestisci? Se no, è una cosa utile, in realtà immagino se tu ce l'abbia in
3: allenamento. Eh, in realtà in allenamento sono tanto tranquilla. Cioè, è difficile. Non, non faccio alzate con ansia. Eh, non sono il tipo di persona che fa alzate con molta adrenalina. Eh, Punto tanto molto sulla tranquillità e sul ricercare le cose che so fare, e, e anche durante gli ultimi giorni sono tranquilla, mi prendo un'ansia incredibile nelle ultime ore.
4: She's always really calm and she just tries to, to do what she 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 knows,
2: mm-hmm.
4: but when you're there, you know. Uh, since uh, quanto tempo prima peso. Two hours uh, prior the the weighing, and uh, and then it, it starts going down, and anxiety comes up.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I just I think that's a that's a I think a pretty common thing, um, and I think a lot of our listeners, uh, who are maybe starting to experience equipped lifting, can can really you know identify with that. Um, so I was just, yeah, just wondering if there was anything special that you found or, or things that you were trying, that's all.
4: To to solve this situation, you mean?
0: Yeah, to try to help with that, that sort of anxiety because it obviously is. Like you got the pressure and there's uh, like the physical pressure of, of being squished by the suit um, and some of the pain aspects of it and stuff like that. So it can be really hard to concentrate. Um, but, yeah, I was just wondering because I like to know how, or different uh, people handle those kinds of things.
4: Mi dice no, c'è della gente che sta cominciando adesso a attrezzato che ascolta mm-hmm. e ti chiede come tu poni rimedio a questi stati
2: di, di ansia.
3: Eh, diciamo che cerco di pensare positivo, cioè cerco di uh, di concentrarmi su su quello che so fare. Mi dico okay. Ok, non è niente di diverso rispetto a quello che fai in allenamento. Cambia il posto, cambia cambia che ci sono degli arbitri, ma è sempre uno squat, è sempre una panca, è sempre uno stacco. E... Quindi,
4: diciamo, menti a te stessa.
3: No, e cerco, cerco sicurezza in me stessa. E Comunque mi rifugio molto in me stessa in questo, durante, queste, durante queste ore qui. Non, c- cerco la sicurezza in me stessa, proprio.
4: Ok, she searches for... We can say uh, all the the good situations and feelings Mm -hmm. and feedbacks she has from training and previous, maybe national competition to to keep calm. She looks a lot at what she can do. So, inside is inside, the solution Mm -hmm. is inside.
0: Right. Cool. I like, I like that perspective. So
1: I just want to jump into a bit, of into your training. Um, obviously you train like, like you train a lot, classic and equipped, but when you're preparing for an equipped competition, do you spend, um, are you in your gear frequently, uh, weekly, or is it more of you train classic than you're in the gear a few times before the meet?
3: ho chiesto quanto tempo metto l'attrezzatura.
1: Come gestisci la, la, la preparazione attrezzata, quante volte
4: dalle.
3: Allora, eh, diciamo la, la preparazione attrezzata vera e propria, quindi eh, cominciando ad indossare appunto l'attrezzatura, inizia circa tre mesi prima. E metto un'attrezzatura, comincio con mettere l'attrezzatura molto larga, circa una volta ogni due settimane magari la panca un po' più spesso però sicuramente squat e stacco una volta ogni due settimane e arrivati nell'ultimo mese eh, panca una volta a settimana quindi una, cioè una volta a settimana e squat e stacco continuo con um, una volta ogni due settimane e chiaramente poi eh, comincio a mettere attrezzatura stretta verso sì, il, mese, il mese il mese e mezzo alla gara e um, i corpetti stretti in questo modo li metto tre volte massimo prima della gara.
4: We usually uh, start 3 months before the competition and uh use uh loose equipment uh, once every 2 weeks with squat and deadlift
2: mm-hmm.
4: and maybe every week with the the shirt. Uh then we start using uh the competition gear, so stiff and <laughs> 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 real real shirts, real the Tight suits.
3: stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> six weeks before the competition. Okay. She usually wears the the tight suit three times before the competition. Only three times. Okay. All the rest is loose, tough, once a week, not more.
0: Yeah.
1: But your bench shirt, you're in more frequently than that, you said? Uh, twice a week? Uh, you said you're once in the squat week. once a week once for a bench a week shirt. Ben- yeah,
4: uh, yeah, once a week.
1: And then every other week for squat, deadlift.
4: We have squat, deadlift, squat, deadlift. Okay. So it alternates, yeah. I got Yeah. You.
2: Yeah.
4: Obviously, um, all The classic uh, stuff goes a little bit down. Trying to keep your nervous system fresh.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that kind of leads into my next question with, um, with the current status of meats right now. Uh, classic worlds this year is set for november 13th to the 22nd and equipped open worlds is set for october 31st to the november 7th are you considering these events like is that something that's on your radar i don't know with uh the situation in italy right now um are you considering lifting at both of them or either of them
3: Mi ha chiesto se parteciperà ai mondiali.
1: Ha detto, so vicini, quello classico e quello attrezzato mm-hmm. sono
4: so vicini. Mm-hmm. E come pensi di fare, com'è mm-hmm. la situazione in Italia? Allora, ehm,
3: una... in realtà non dipende molto da me, perché dipende da, dalle gare a cui decide di partecipare la federazione italiana, in quanto eh, sia per la, la faccenda del Covid, sia per... Ehm, in generale, diciamo, la federazione italiana non partecipa sempre a tutte le gare internazionali e mondiali sì, Quest'anno però è un anno un po' particolare, fosse stato per me eh, avrei fatto entrambi, però purtroppo il mondiale RAW non si farà e non abbiamo ancora la certezza del mondiale attrezzato, però insomma c'è un'ottima probabilità di partecipare.
4: She would do both, but it depends on our national federation, as we do not always join international competition so
2: mm-hmm.
4: we know for sure that we will not go to classic words okay uh, we have to see what happens or or quick but we don't know the situation is is good now in, in Italy good talking about the, the virus
2: hmm
4: but you never know
2: yeah
1: Sorry, my dog is just... No, no like, problem.
2: No. <laughs> I'll just
0: mute if you want to go on, Bryce. Okay. Um, so, Ryan and I were looking at uh, at some of your recent lifts, uh, and it looks like you've hit a pretty huge total in a number of PRs uh, in training or PBs in training lately. Um, in, you know, sort of in, in lieu of doing uh, Sheffield, obviously, do you... Find that those big sort of surges or, or big improvements in your raw strength, do those carry over pretty well to your equipped lifting, um, or is that do they seem a little bit more separate uh, for your training, or, or what's your sort of take on that kind of stuff? Dice che
4: hanno visto che recentemente hai fatto un sacco di ti chiede se secondo te i tuoi miglioramenti nel classic siano Se tu pensi che i miglioramenti del Classic si riflettano positivamente sull'attrezzato per il tuo modo di allenarti, eh,
3: io penso di sì. Penso di sì perché um, uh, in realtà uh, le mie alzate, se vogliamo sono condizionate l'una con l'altra, cioè powerlifting raw e attrezzato sono un po' condizionati, quindi tendo a fare delle alzate abbastanza simili se vogliamo, Mm. con la stessa eh, metodica, con la stessa idea e e penso che in generale comunque un incremento di forza nel nel raw comunque mi mi porti poi a... anche un incremento di forza nell'attrezzato anche se non è proprio così scontato però insomma pe- penso che, che poi po- potrò rispondere positivamente anche nell'attrezzato chiaramente dovrò riabituarmi a- all'attrezzatura che è tanto che non la metto l'ultima volta è stata a dicembre però insomma penso di sì
4: she thinks, and we hope uh, yes so uh, we'll see but the, um... The fact is that uh, before, the idea behind her lifts is almost the same in classic and equipped. So, okay. probably something good will happen, but you have to see, because uh, now it's since December.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's, she's is with, without the equipment since December, so a long period it mm-hmm. was for chef food
2: so uh. right right
1: um so on your birthday uh you benched 140 kilos and was that was that you that lift off for francesco were you the liftoff yeah. guy in that video yeah, yeah that your celebration <laughs> in that video is <laughs> so I just watch it I just watch so it over good. and over again when you run over and shake the rack shake the rack
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> finally someone <laughs>
2: appreciated <laughs>
1: i love that excitement um so like a 140 kilo raw bench is pretty incredible uh i mean it's it's the only three kilos away from the world record obviously and um do you think you've i don't know how to phrase this right um like your best equipped bench is around 175 i think um which is not a lot do you think that bench shirt is your biggest um Struggle for equipment carryover, like do you, do you find you get the least out of the bench shirt? Ti chiede, se... si chiede se la
4: la, pan, la maglia è mm-hmm. la tua bestia nera. Sì,
3: si, eh, diciamo che eh, essendo io molto forte di nelle nel classic, essendo la mia alzata più forte quando ho cominciato l'attrezzato ero super entusiasta di mettere la maglia, invece poi è stata in realtà la, la cosa più difficile da imparare. Io non non, non ho saputo fare banca attrezzata fino al mondiale di Dubai praticamente lì è l'unica volta che ho detto ok forse forse ho capito qualcosa e ho fallito per poco 180 che è comunque poco rispetto al mio mio massimale ro. Spero di di avere quindi per questo motivo degli incrementi diciamo un po' più sostanziosi nel momento in cui imparerò ad usare eh, nel modo migliore insomma la, la, la maglia. Diciamo che un grande sogno nel cassetto è raggiungere i 200, Poi chiaramente vorrei essere forte come Rea, ma non, ma non, ma non ci
2: riesco. She thinks she is
4: È stata
3: la cosa più difficile
4: it has been the most difficult thing in in equip lifting for her and then she said she would like to be strong as uh ria <laughs>
2: but she
3: can not Sì, comunque al mondiale di dubai l'ho sentita cioè l'ho fatta un pochino meglio però ancora non non sento mia l'alzata
4: <laughs> around the period of uh, worlds in, in Dubai she started feeling the shirt a little bit better right so.
1: well I will say that Rhea is not benching 140 kilos raw so uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: I would say in some ways you're stronger than Rhea so Yeah. <laughs> N- not with the shirt
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> um,
1: do you uh, do you find that the shirt just fights your natural raw, uh, like your classic bench. Is that is it just like a confliction, a, a conflicting thing for you? Like it wants to, it wants you to touch lower or something like that.
4: Dice pensi che la maglia lui ha detto proprio combatta contro. Il tuo movimento ro, cioè che voglia farti toccare più in basso, che voglia schiacciarti,
3: sì, allora sicuramente mi mi schiaccia molto, non riesco ad essere ad avere l'arco che ho nel nel, nel ro E e, il mio movimento ro è sempre stato, soprattutto fino a qualche tempo fa, molto ro se vogliamo, cioè con i gomiti comunque abbastanza aperti, toccando eh, non troppo avanti. Quindi in realtà. un po' tutto il contrario rispetto a, a quello che mi vuole far fare la maglia quindi devo non sono proprio riuscita a capire inizialmente come dovessi usare usare questa maglia sentivo quasi più pesanti i chili eh, 140 con la maglia che ro
4: quindi tu all'inizio Hai sentito questa cosa, però adesso...
3: Oh, adesso penso che uh, imparandola ad usare in realtà sia più simile di quanto mi sembrava all'inizio. Cambiano alcune cose, però in realtà penso che ci sia una similitudine.
4: Ok, so, at beginning uh, up to Worlds in, in Dubai, uh, she felt that kind of thing you said. So, the shirt uh, fighting your classic movement, classic form, then started noticing and having something similar between the two. Okay. And to me, personally, it, it tends to to get there, really similar.
0: So, um, have you tried like a number of different bench shirts or sizes, like ways of fitting the shirt and that kind of stuff, or has it been predominantly just with like one shirt that you've been kind of trying to make it work.
4: Hai provato diverse maglie, diverse taglie mm-hmm. o solo una? Eh, sì, ho provato
3: diverse taglie, ho cominciato con una 36, in realtà anche usata, quindi una nuova, quindi anche un po' più larga, poi um, quando sono stata sponsorizzata dalla Titan mi hanno fatto una maglia custom, eh, che però secondo me non è ancora tremendamente stretta, tendo ad avere le, le spalle molto strette, quindi in realtà sul petto mi va, mi, mi va un po' tutto largo rispetto alle braccia.
4: She, she has tried... Uh, 36. The, che maglia era poi? Una... It was a low, low cut, 36. In mm-hmm. beginning it was used. And then she got a custom shirt uh, from Titan. And actually, she feels like having uh, having it a little bit loose uh, because she's not she has uh, narrow uh, shoulders, so it, it, it is never tight on the chest.
2: Hmm.
4: It's always tight on 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 the arms.
2: Right.
1: Um. Do you want to go into Gearhead there, Bryce? Does sure. Yeah. Since we're kind of getting there already.
0: Yeah, we're kind of kind of naturally uh, so drifting have, in that uh, direction.
1: So we have a segment we uh, we call Gearhead uh, where we talk about specific gear-related questions. Uh, if there's anything that's off limits, uh, feel free to say so. I know some people are very protective about how they wear their gear, how they alter their gear. So if there's anything you don't want to talk about, just let us know.
4: Cool. Dice che delle domande sull'attrezzatura. Mm-hmm. Se non possiamo, non vogliamo rispondere possiamo
1: tranquillamente dire.
3: Ok. Ok. Cool.
1: Um, so you kind of got into it with the bench shirt, you said you now have a custom bench shirt, but uh, generally do you wear stock gear in the past or is it always been is it now all custom? Dice
4: uh, che abbiamo detto che hai avuto una maglia attrezzata, mm-hmm. comunque abbiamo utilizzato le stock in passato, sì.
3: Stock che si sentenze. Eh,
4: quelle taglie fisse.
3: Ah, uh, usiamo praticamente solo quelle. Io ho questa maglia attrezzata semplicemente perché mi hanno sponsorizzato perché il prezzo è davvero tanto alto.
4: We almost exclusively use stock equipment because you know uh, she is the one she and another guy uh, who got the sponsorship uh, and they, uh, they got a um, custom shirt but we have a lot more experience with stock shirts and suits.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, people always want to know um, like what sizes people wear so do you know what sizes you wear in all the and all the suits and shirts you said a 36-bed shirt but
3: la taglia della de, de maglia
1: maglia e corpetti
3: e allora queste custom in realtà non so bene perché chiaramente eh, non, non c'è scritta la taglia
2: Prendile,
3: no? la devo prendere oh. no non c'è scritta ah. credo sia una, una 34 orientativamente Corpetti sono um, anche lì in realtà più vicino a un 36 che a un 34, quindi credo un mm-hmm. media di mezzo, se vogliamo, perché comunque sono custom per quello. So quelli.
4: around 34 for the bench shirt and around 36 for the suits, squat and dead.
1: And debit. ok. Yeah. And do you do a lot of modification to the stock gear? Like do you take stuff in or do you just basically wear it as? as is
4: um, le abbiamo riprese? Le
2: abbiamo uscite e...
3: il, il, il velocity da stacco sì ho ripreso le bretelle tanto
2: tanto abbastanza
3: abbastanza e il corpetto da, da squat no perché è stretto tanto stretto e la maglia ho ripreso un po' le braccia
4: ok so um, deadlift suit straps a lot A lot, (laughs) a lot, really a lot and (laughs) something on, on the arms of the, of the shoes.
0: Okay. And no modifications to the squat suit then? No.
4: Okay. It is actually really tight.
0: (laughs) And so do you, uh, does your powerlifting club have like one person who does all of the modifications or does everybody kind of learn how to do that? Like, did you have to learn how to sew?
3: Io me ne faccio da sola. Eh, io me ne faccio da sola e diciamo c'è un ragazzo un po' più specializzato che ci ha dato dei consigli, Edoardo inizialmente, e, però ognuno se li fa da solo o li porta in sartoria.
4: We have a an experienced uh there's an experienced guy but is him and her doing that stuff for mm-hmm. Almost everyone, the whole team. So, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And do you do it? Uh, do you do it by hand or do you have a machine? And, a mano.
2: A mano. And.
0: Okay. Me
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's
0: it's very slow when I do it. Very slow. It takes a lot yeah. of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And what about knee wraps? What do you like to use for, for knee wraps and or wrist wraps le fasce?
4: Polsini. Sì, fasce e polsini, quali fasce ti piacciono?
3: E uso, mi mi piacciono e uso le, 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 le titanium, sia, sia polsini che fasce le le gold le trovo le trovo troppo troppo rigidi soprattutto anche perché polsini troppo rigidi non, io non mi trovo con i polsini rigidi per quanto riguarda le fasce eh, chiaramente dipende anche dal, dal mio coach che mi fascia e lui non, non ama usare fasce molto rigide non, non riesce ad aprire delle fasce molto dure quindi entrambi ci troviamo bene con le titanium
4: so she uses uh, titanium wraps And she doesn't love uh, really tight and stiff uh, wrist wraps. But it depends, talking about uh, knee wraps, it depends Mm -hmm. on on who is going to to wrap your knees. Our coach loves um, a little bit softer wraps. It's it's doing better Mm -hmm. with that type of wraps. But generally, we don't use uh, the signature gold, for example.
0: Yeah, right. those things are a lot. They don't feel very good and they're really hard to wrap, I find uh, yourself. Anyways, do you do you guys wrap each other uh, or do you have like I'm assuming you don't nobody's like Do you guys self wrap or do you have a pretty solid team that kind of take care of each other?
3: E il fasciatore principale è comunque il nostro allenatore, poi ci sei tu che sei diciamo il, il secondo e grosso modo in squadra siete voi due
4: Mainly to people, uh, our coach and me, but we're all together generally right. When we yeah. train with equipment, we yeah, tend that to makes most
0: sense.
4: make things, you know encounter and and do everything on on saturday at the gym right yeah that makes sense and that's a a problem no problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) very long long sessions lots of
4: socializing (laughs) really uh, really hard rapping and training oh yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if there's yeah. like two people wrapping all of the athletes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no deadlifting for a few days after that. <laughs> um, and in terms of your your shoes, um for for squatting, do you like to use a heeled shoe or a flat shoe?
2: Uso
3: il tacco
4: For both classic and equipped.
2: Okay. Right.
4: Actually using uh, Nike and used to use uh, Eddie Powers.
2: Okay. Cool.
1: Uh, so we have a few questions. We put a, put a question to our listeners and asked for if any, anyone had any questions for you guys. So we got a few back that we picked out of here. Um, do you find your technique differs from raw to equipped? I know we covered this a little bit, but do you find it's pretty similar between the two?
4: Sì, è una domanda che sembra che ci ha già fatto. Tu pensi che la, la tua tecnica tra e attrezzato sia simile?
3: Sì, cioè credo che ci sono chiaramente delle, cioè, ci sono chiaramente delle, delle differenze. Eh, tecniche, però, diciamo l'idea mentale, lo schema mentale è, è molto simile. Come
4: ho detto before, the idea behind the lifts è simile. so there are differences, credo che lui chiedendo proprio nello specifico quali.
3: Eh, chiaramente nel corpetto, quando uso il corpetto con, con lo squat, eh, c'è un movimento molto più verticale, in cui appunto ti appoggi molto di più sul corpetto, la panca chiaramente. So, we
4: have a more vertical squat when we use a suit. Banca.
3: la panca tende a, a a farmi chiudere un po i gomiti a portarlo un po più avanti
4: so she used to have uh, you know open uh, elbows mm-hmm. in classic bench and a little bit uh, n- narrower uh, in, in, in equipped
2: yeah
3: e n- nello stacco diciamo essenzialmente la la differenza è nel modo in cui parto, no? Cioè nel modo in cui faccio l'incastro perché col corpetto non mi permette di andare giù subito, ma devo abbassare il sedere dopo aver preso il bilanciere.
4: And a different starting position in the deadlift uh, a little bit lower and more vertical to to get the the
0: groove. Right, totally. Um and in terms of I know we talked we talked a bit about your sort of mental approach to things. Um, do you find that attempting a max classic versus attempting a max in equipment is that very different for you mentally, um, or or sort of what that what's that? Uh, how do you approach either? I guess.
4: Dice provare un massimale ero e un attrezzato come è diverso come come approcci mentalmente.
3: Queste due cose, Beh, eh, come dicevo prima, così come in gara, la cosa che chiaramente si ripercuote un po' in allenamento: nel senso che chiaramente sono molto più tranquilla, però il massimale attrezzato, i giorni di allenamento attrezzato, mh, ci sono comunque tutte quelle cose imprevedibili che ti mettono un po' più, più, più di ansia rispetto al row, in cui è più difficile sbagliare, cioè essenzialmente lì nel row ok sai quello che devi fare, deve succedere qualcosa affinché vada male o comunque deve essere un carico che non hai perché altrimenti è difficile invece nell'attrezzato ci sono cose ci sono cose imprevedibili e anche quindi ho chiaramente un pochino più di ansia eh, anche se
4: poi comunque alla fine anche se a questo in... punto diventerà simile sì, ma...
3: sì anche se comunque poi in allenamento adesso si è abbastanza stabilizzato quindi la differenza principale è in gara uh...
4: For the reasons um, she gave before, so the unpredictability
2: mm-hmm.
4: of Equip, she is now at the moment a lot more anxious with Equip, with even at the gym, so not only, not only talking about competitions, um, but, you know, maybe one day the two things will will get together and be, and be similar. But in Classic, you know what to do, and you just try to, to get there hyped enough to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: In Equiv you just have to see what happens and try to solve problems. <laughs> and, but, you know, probably one day with experience, you can manage two things in the same way.
0: Right. And do you think that having that experience of of how much more intense equipped is, do you think having that experience has helped you deal with uh, classic lifting or or helped make that seem a lot more manageable?
4: (inaudible) Dice avere sperito questa intensità, diciamo, dell'attrezzato che impronta pensi possa aver dato al, al RAW, cioè pensi che possa aver dato un'impronta al RAW mm, un'impronta proprio cioè la, l'intensità dell'attrezzato proprio
2: mm.
3: e... allora, credo che chiaramente mh, nel momento in cui ti trovi ad affrontare una cosa più difficile, poi in realtà quella più semplice ti appare ancora più semplice, probabilmente quindi mh, parlando proprio di difficoltà nel nell'affrontare insomma, tutti gli allenamenti, le, le competizioni attrezzate probabilmente sì ti, ti mettono poi in realtà ancora più tranquillità in quelle ro. Infatti mi ricordo quando ho, ho fatto il mondiale Row in Svezia e, che venivo da quello attrezzato in, in Svezia sempre. E ero molto rilassata e cioè molto più rilassata e dicevo Dio cioè dovessi fare oggi una gara attrezzata starei molto peggio quindi da questo punto di vista sì quindi non parliamo di allenamento parliamo di questo proprio
4: no in generale ok
3: per quanto riguarda invece l'allenamento bro, beh, tanto di questo
4: uh, talking about competitions uh, she says that when you do something a lot easier uh, oh, pardon, when you do something a lot harder then what's easier seems a lot more easier. So uh, during uh, classic competitions, she is really calm. And she is, uh, we, we were really calm uh, in, in Sweden at classic worlds.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, we were anxious about the, uh, the podium and the competitions, but it was another thing. Completely different. Completely Mm different. We knew she 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 is able to to get there and and do what what she's got in classic, Mm and we're not that secure when talking about equipment.
3: Invece, per quanto riguarda l'allenamento, volevo dire che comunque. Credo che per me sia stata una una specie di svolta colossale, in realtà, cominciare a fare l'attrezzato perché mi permette di alternare delle preparazioni diverse, quindi, eh, tra virgolette, riposarmi nel row quando è giusto che mi riposo, perché altrimenti stare sempre lì a picchiare su carichi alti, massimali, eh, tutto l'anno non non sarebbe giusto per me E, e allo stesso tempo, uh, anche nell'attrezzato mi dà delle risposte positive.
4: so she thinks and we think that uh, one of the best things of doing both is alternating so you can go heavier when you have to prepare a classic competition and then heal up when you have to prepare an equipped competition
2: mm-hmm.
4: and that's what we think, is mm, you know, making the difference in her. What's
3: uh, what the, career
4: see career,
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, it's letting her improve, and heal.
2: Right.
1: Um. So, what motivates you more, uh, defending your classic world championship? ...or winning an Equipped World Championship.
3: <laughs> eh, beh, una domanda, una domanda molto difficile. Eh, ti dovessi... I'm, I'm not going
4: to translate
2: the wrong answer. È <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> eh, una domanda molto difficile. Eh, eh, ti dovessi dire oh, oggi, oggi sono... Non so perché forse il pensiero di non dover fare il mondiale ro. Eh, o, o forse l'esperienza del, dell'ultimo mondiale attrezzato che mi è rimasta un po'... insomma non mi è andata molto giù eh, mi fa essere molto motivata per il prossimo mondiale attrezzato cosa che solitamente a, giu, a giugno <ride> solitamente a giugno non, non sono così motivata per, già per il mondiale che c'è a novembre però chiaramente quando dovrò preparare il mondiale Ro sarò probabilmente altrettanto motivata.
4: She said that um, mm, as things went that way in Dubai, she's absolutely hyped for uh, Equip Worlds. And then she said some some stuff about classic.
2: Che <laughs> 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 No, no, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, we had one more uh, listener question here, and they wanted to know if if there were, if you noticed any differences in the European equipped community versus the North American equipped community, um, if you've had any sort of inclination or or whatever. Uh, between the two communities, with your experiences.
4: Dice differenze, e analogie tra il movimento europeo e quello nordamericano attrezzato.
3: Eh boh. Eh, ma in che, intende, che intende per differenze?
4: Detto il movimento. Mm.
3: Ma uh, non lo so. Non sono molto addentrata nel nel movimento nordamericano attrezzato. Mm. quindi in realtà non non so bene che differenze ci siano noi abbiamo chiaramente molto più influenza dal dal movimento europeo anche per quanto riguarda probabilmente allenamento metodi di allenamento You
4: mean training or method or
0: uh Just any of that like uh it could be like the social aspect of it. it could be that the european community uh exists to a greater extent i think um yeah any of those any of those things that you see as, as sort of differences between the two communities and it might not be much we know,
4: we know that that you exist we absolutely know <laughs> uh i, I think uh, she's not so uh inside that that social stuff, so she's not looking that much, but I am so <laughs> Me and my my friends <laughs> so uh, I can say in in some ways we are similar because we have uh, in my opinion little groups of really passionate uh, lifters
2: mm-hmm.
4: and that's about the same thing in Western Europe. What happens in Eastern Europe, we do not know. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, <laughs> don't know, don't know. But we know Joe uh, Capellino. Yep. Uh, we know you and, and all the other people, even from South America, right? and all, all the. Great people we see at, at Worlds.
0: Yeah. I think that's a that's a really fantastic way of putting it. It's just small pockets of very passionate people. I think that's a, a great way of describing the Equip's community, I think, in general. Do we want to yeah. dive into these common yeah. questions here? Okay. Yeah. So we have some, some questions that we ask uh, all of our guests, uh, kind of to wrap things up. And so the first one of those questions is: What would you say is the highlight or your favorite part uh, of your lifting career so far? What's the biggest, best thing?
4: Qual è la cosa, diciamo più più importante, più più di valore che ti è successa nella nella tua carriera,
3: cioè
4: il punto più alto, diciamo?
3: Sicuramente aver vinto il mondiale ero è stata la appunto la vittoria è più grande che ho ottenuto e probabilmente anche l'emozione è più grande
4: uh, the classic uh, championship she won
1: it was mm.
4: at the same time the, the highest peak and uh, the greatest um, feeling
0: yeah I would imagine so
4: even if we were not happy at the end of the competition
0: yeah <laughs>
4: We were like, okay, we won, but Uh, that damn deadlift. (laughs) uh,
1: That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: As a counterpoint to that, uh, what would you say is the lowest point of your lifting career? And what did you learn from it or what did you take away from it?
4: Dice, invece, qual è stato il punto più basso? della tua carriera, che cosa hai imparato, che cosa hai appreso da quella cosa lì? Beh,
3: allora, eh, probabilmente la, il periodo più brutto che mi ricordo, se parliamo di periodo, è quando mh, ero all'ultimo anno junior, in cui ho avuto un infortunio e diciamo non ero riuscita a fare mh, all'europeo i numeri che volevo fare. E, essendo una delle ultime occasioni junior ci tenevo tantissimo e c- c'ero rimasta molto male. Subito dopo è avvenuto questo infortunio. No, europeo. Ah,
4: europeo junior.
3: Sì. Ehm, però da lì ho detto: ok, eh, ok, può succedere, gli infortuni succedono. E se vuoi fare qualcosa di di importante in questo sport è il caso che cambi marcia è il caso che, che alzi la testa e dici ok non è sempre tutto rose e fiori se invece dovessi dire la gara peggiore o che comunque che ricordo con un sentimento peggiore è il primo mondiale attrezzato il primo mondiale della mia vita in, in, in Svezia che ho, l'ho vissuto veramente veramente male a livello emotivo
4: um, the european uh, junior championship uh, 2017 mm-hmm. uh, where she we weren't there because she, she was injured uh let's say a severe knee injury so okay uh, you know it was a very low point and She said she learned. uh, She understood she had to uh, develop something different. uh, Something, um, you know, a a different way of running the powerlifting way, the powerlifting road. Uh, Right and, you know, straight and direct. Mm-hmm. He oh, okay.
3: <laughs> and also the
4: um, uh, equipped worlds in sweden first equipped world
2: mm-hmm.
4: and first world um it was like i said before it was really so she was really anxious a lot she was was feeling really sick. So, what probably
1: probably was. Is everything okay?
2: Yeah.
3: Cosa è successo? Sorry. No. <worries>. Okay. <laughs> okay.
4: Um, che che stava di? so. Uh, it was, <laughs> um it was her first hard competition maybe impossible but we we wanted to was it, to, to believe it
0: mm-hmm.
4: to believe it was
1: possible
0: what were you going to say there Ryan?
1: oh sorry I was going to say because uh, uh, almost a month after that first worlds uh, you put up like a Almost a thirty kilo better total. Um, so, like, was it was it all the nerves in that situation? Because I believe you competed, um, yeah, like almost almost a month to the day after, and ended up squatting two forty five and and totaling six twenty. Um, so, was it just the nerves at the worlds that you're you're referring to that are really hard for you there?
4: You mean in 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 Sweden?
1: Yes, sorry, in Sweden.
4: Yeah, it was the nerves. It was yeah. the situation. Se chiede right. se quella quella situazione là era dipesa da dai nervi. Sì, si,
3: sì, sì, assolutamente. Non, non ero, ero praticamente pronta in nessun modo ad affrontare quella gara dal punto di vista psicologico.
4: She was not uh, psychologically ready for that situation. Right. Being in, in, in some way able no maybe not but being able to to be uh larisa it's something you have to to, to prepare
2: for
0: mm-hmm. and do you find that when you're competing at home in italy there's a lot less anxiety
4: did in italia Pensi che trovi che in Italia gareggiare sia molto meno
3: Sì, assoluta, Assolutamente, praticamente ho sempre fatto più kg in Italia che, che all'estero. È facile che un mese dopo la gara internazionale devo gareggiare in Italia e faccio 40-50 kg in più di totale praticamente.
4: Assolutamente, yes. sì. She has always uh, lifted more here, because mm. you know, at our national competition, you you know everyone. And it's like uh, meeting friends for that three, four days and having fun. So it's a lot more, uh, it's, it's a lot easier. And, yeah. and you do not have uh, Larissa Soloviola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she doesn't show up at the Italian nationals, no? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> um... So who, can you think of anybody who have, have been very big inspirations, uh, for your lifting and maybe they're not lifters themselves could be family members or, or something like that. Um, but who have, who have been sort of your biggest inspirations along the way in your, in your powerlifting journey?
4: Dice se hai avuto qualche grossa ispirazione, non necessariamente un atleta nel tuo percorso, diciamo.
3: Allora, eh, nel powerlifting eh, in realtà no, cioè non ho mai avuto un un punto di riferimento che ho detto ok, amo tutto di questa persona e mi ispira da morire. Eh, a un certo punto ho cominciato ad apprezzare molto la Castelline perché mh, anche lei, Garegian, in, in, in si arroga sia attrezzato e è molto forte in entrambi, mi piace molto il suo, la, il suo modo di ragionare però non posso dire che è stata un'ispirazione vera e propria perché in realtà l'ho apprezzata più ultimamente che, che inizialmente e, Per quanto riguarda probabilmente la mia la mia motivazione più grande, forse inizialmente iniziando anche poi del resto è stato um, probabilmente mio padre e, che purtroppo non c'è più e uh, credo ho sempre creduto che lui mi abbia lasciato questa forza un po' se vogliamo innaturale nel, nel momento in cui se n'è andato.
4: Uh, lately she started, uh, appreciating really appreciating uh, Ana Rosa Castellain mm-hmm. uh, for the fact that she is competing in both. But is something, you know, something that happened lately, so not a myth or an inspiration. And we probably cannot say, we can say probably the same thing for anyone else in, in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And she also said um, that maybe the greatest motivation, uh, as being her, her father, was not with us anymore. Uh, he is—he was a a bodybuilder, and she said that probably when he he went away, uh, he left her that crazy strength
0: that's awesome Um, sorry sorry go ahead ryan i
1: was gonna say uh what's one piece of advice you wish that you could give to yourself when you were just when you're first starting out i guess
4: qual è un consiglio che daresti a chi comincia forse ho capito capito Che ti daresti se te lo ah. potessi dare ricominciando?
3: Eh, probabilmente. Capito
4: bene. Eh, non ti si vuoi chiedere. No, ah, beh, sì, tanto un eh. consiglio. Che probab- probab-
3: probabilmente a me stessa direi di, di, di vivermi le cose con un po' più di, di tranquillità, di, di godermi di più le cose, perché poi effettivamente ti alleni tanto. E in realtà in allenamento me le godo cioè nel senso me ne vivo molto bene però poi in gara spesso me ne sono vissute male e, e non è valsa la pena perché poi alla fine non c'è niente di positivo quindi nonostante non sia non, non è facile però alla fine quello è, è, è un momento finale, è un momento che, eh, che te lo devi godere perché tutto il lavoro lo hai fatto e se lo hai fatto bene eh, adesso devi devi Prendere qualcosa, prima dai e poi prendi, e se non se non te lo godi, se non te lo vivi bene, probabilmente non prendi mai niente.
4: The, the tip is enjoying the competition, which is a, you know, finish line, is where you have to get back something you have given during the, the preparation,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and if you do not enjoy that moment. Probably the suffering <laughs> and all this web. We're not, you know, worth.
0: Cool. Go ahead. Um, do you have one raw lifter? Um, I don't know how much you like watch and follow other other lifters in the sport. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, but do you have one raw lifter that you like that you would like to see get into equipment? Is there anybody like that?
4: C'è qualche atleta, ro, che ti piacerebbe vedere attrezzato?
3: Eh, È una, una cosa probabilmente a cui a cui non ho pensato. Dovessi rispondere così su due piedi, probabilmente in realtà ho più pensato al contrario. Cioè quando, quando vedo gli atleti attrezzati, mi chiedo Magari vederli in una gara ro sarebbe interessante e al, al contrario in realtà non ci ho mai pensato perché trovo che il powerlifting attrezzato sia una cosa uh, diciamo che ti deve venire da fare cioè nel senso non, non la cominci un po' così per caso invece quando fai attrezzato è molto probabile che in realtà tu sia in grado di fare una gara ro Ehm um, Dovessi rispondere così su due piedi, probabilmente mi sarebbe, veduto, mi, mi sarebbe uh, piaciuto vedere um, uh, Mariati, la canadese.
4: Um, she often has often thought the opposite, so oh. one equipment lifter competing in classic. Uh, mm, Commenter, tutto il discorso ha fatto poi perché se uno è capace, vabbè, possiamo mettere. Oh, non credo <laughs> che sia molto importante. Um, but um, she says, uh, non so come, si, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, you have a
1: female lifter, Morihati? Yeah, I, I heard her say it that's I thought I, thought <laughs> I heard that in there too. Yeah. <laughs> L'ha
3: pronunciato bene. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: so her, she would love to see. It's the second her. person to say Maria, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, who else said Maria? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I don't remember who said it, but yeah, someone else said Maria would be.
0: I Wonder um, if it was uh, Marta.
1: I can't remember, but yeah, I'll, I'll pass that on. I'll I'll tell Maria to. Yeah, we'll we'll hassle her a little bit. <laughs> we'll send her some DMs, <laughs> Tell her to get into
0: a squat suit already. <laughs>
1: um, and the last <laughs> question don't we have. You oh, sorry. Off. Go ahead. No. What? Um, the last question we have is: uh Do you have any concrete goals that you're aiming for uh, coming up? Uh,
4: quali sono i tuoi obiettivi concreti recenti, diciamo più vicini? Uh,
3: diciamo che uh, se non fossero stati spostati War Games, sarebbero stati sicuramente eh, nel 2021 partecipare sicuramente, magari anche vincere War Games. E adesso sono stati spostati al 2022, ma chiaramente resta uno degli obiettivi principali. E poi, uh, precedente, forse perché viene prima, in realtà è, è vincere il prossimo mondiale attrezzato.
1: Uh. <ride> World Games? Sì,
4: solo partecipare e vincere sia i World Games and equipped Worlds.
0: So... Small oh, goals.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> goals. Yeah.
0: got the sights set high i love it <laughs> and um so you are you're a coach as well right carola yeah yeah um so if if anybody listening to this wants to uh get a hold of you or find you on social media uh where where should people go to find out more about you and and maybe some of the services you offer or even just follow along with your training
3: Mi chiedo dove può vedere...
0: Dove ti possono contattare se vogliono essere seguiti. Sì, mi
3: possono contattare sulla mia pagina personale di Instagram, quindi mi trovano come Carola Garra o altrimenti anche alla, alla, alla pagina, diciamo, che abbiamo della nostra palestra, quindi uh, in cui... Perché, perché lavoriamo, diciamo, uh, sotto la nostra palestra, quindi non, non individualmente, e che si chiama Barbell Academy Roma.
4: So, on her personal profile on eg and um, on our gym's profile which is barbel Academy Roma is our awesome. gym in Rome if you in Rome
2: you <laughs> <let us know. laughs>
0: that would be awesome you pass. hopefully one day that's an option
1: yeah cool perfect
0: well All thank right, well. you thank you both very much for your time thank
3: you thank you, guys. Thank, you. thank you guys, mm-hmm. thank you guys. È stato veramente bello parlare del the powerlifting attrezzato per una volta.
4: She enjoyed talking about equipped lifting once awesome. in a
1: million years. <laughs>
0: we uh, we enjoyed talking about equipped lifting too. Yeah. Thank
1: you. So will your training now focus uh, on equipped now, uh, hoping for Norway? Ti chiede se adesso
4: il tuo allenamento si sta incentrando sull'attrezzato o nella speranza di andare in Sì,
1: diciamo
3: attualmente ancora no perché non abbiamo la certezza ma comunque è un po' presto speriamo che nella fine dell'estate che verso la fine dell'estate verso fine agosto-settembre di di ricominciare a mettere l'attrezzatura
4: Not yet but we'll be putting on the equipment at the end of, of summer Right. Hoping,
1: hoping to go. No way.
0: No. <laughs> Trust.
1: No. you put on? Do you put on, the, you put on uh, equipment uh, when it's 40 degrees there? Ti metti quando fanno 40 gradi?
3: Eh, a Roma fa vera- a Roma fa veramente caldo. Adesso fanno fa veramente caldo. L'anno scorso i primi i primi allenamenti uh, a fine agosto facevano 40 gradi, però purtroppo è da fare. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we have 40 degrees, and sometimes you have to... to... <laughs> we, we don't were... have a lot of uh,
1: heavyweights. <laughs> probably me and other two, three people in Rome.
2: <laughs>
1: we were in... Ray and I were in Italy, uh, in Rome, uh, in 2017, and it was probably the hottest I've ever... It's the hottest place I've ever been. <laughs> it was, it was 40, 42 or 43 degrees.
0: And all you could think about was getting into your squat suit
1: and gelato. That was what I was thinking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again. And um, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great night.
3: Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. (laughs)
0: All right. We want to thank you for listening to the Equipped, Bruised, and Tired podcast. We're going to be available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. So make sure to leave your five-star rating if you enjoyed the show and a review as well and or check out our video version of the show on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions for ourselves, guest suggestions, or questions for our guests, you can go ahead and contact us at equippedbruisedtired@gmail.com. at gmail.com and make sure to do your part to spread the word of the equipped renaissance. We'll see you next time.